You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. All right, welcome back to another episode of E-Commerce Marketing School. This is a FIRE episode. We have Jess joining us from FIRE Team. There are a million FIRE analogies we could make right now, but we don't have time for all of them. FIRE Team has historically been, if I'm getting this right, historically been an ad agency, right? So you guys, that's kind of bread and butter for a while, but I know you're exploring other paths because ads don't live in a bubble. They do things. And so I think that there's, um, you know, we as marketers like to make the entire customer journey be very cohesive. And so I love some of what I've seen you guys are doing in that regard. And I'm so glad you're here because there, well, one, if you follow Jess on Twitter, you know that it's nothing but value where Jess is involved, uh, value and fun. And then also because there, I think a lot of people do really lean into like, let's just throw some ads up and then optimize, optimize, optimize. But I think there's more to optimizing than optimizing the ad itself. And I really feel like that's something you can help teach us today. Yeah, we're an ad agency. That's primarily what we do. But there is one brand that we do the entire marketing stack from planning the marketing calendar all the way down to organic social. And we've been doing that for the last three years growing up that brand. So we're pretty much almost like operators. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's a lot to do, as most of our listeners know, who are trying to do all the things. Um, But I think like being kind of grounded in ads gives you a unique perspective as to that customer journey. I know most brands think about acquisition and the like, well, let's put some ads up. And acquisition means a lot of different things to different people. In some people's mind, acquisition is like get them on the website and on the email list, and then we'll convert. So that's acquiring, but we're going to convert them later. Some people hold acquisition to mean after they have already converted to a customer. How do you define acquisition before we like dive into things? We think of it as as being a customer. Um, And one of the things that really kind of blew my mind is when I looked at our email list, because primarily like the way a lot of brands get email is through purchases. You know, you, you get their email that way. And when you look at our email list, half the people on there are not purchasers yet. And they have not been acquired. And it can be real tempting just to think like, oh, once they're on the email list, it's like retention or there might be like one flow related to that. But it's truly a large audience of people that have not bought into the brand yet on that list. Yeah, that's the case for us too, is the list of non-purchasers is much larger than the list of purchasers. A little bit different for us because we've been off the market for a while. However, I think that that's something that's pretty common. I saw it a lot when I was consulting too. And I feel like that non-purchaser list just kind of gets like the same as everyone else. It's same language, same voice. Um, yeah, different yeah. People entirely. They're different people and they have a, a level of awareness of your brand, but not a like direct experience with the brand. So I want to talk about how you think about like retargeting that list and then what kind of offers make that list convert. Because if we think about that segment of your subscribers, those non-customers, we want to convert as many of them as possible into customers, particularly this BFCM season. Like let's get those people who have been on the list forever into that customer bucket and then nurture throughout holiday and into next year. We'll talk about that later. But I would love your take on like that the element of having different offers for different groups of people. 
Right. Um, so the brand that we do everything for, they're called Socket. They, it's like a koozie for iced coffee and other drinks. So it's pretty simple. Low AOV. I think our, our AOV is like $33 or something. But there are there are super fans here who, and we like we do launches all the time, and there are super fans that always want the latest thing as well. So we try to do, when it comes to BFCM, and it's, it's very giftable. It's like the perfect stocking stuffer, you know? Uh, so when it comes to BFCM, we tried to, or at least last year, we ran two different offers. The first is the bulk offer. It's like buy five, get three free, buy eight, buy 10, get whatever. And there are customers that will buy 10 of these for sure every year that they do. But those aren't, that's not like the new purchaser or people new to the brand, they're not going to do that. Uh, so usually we run that offer early in the season while people still haven't spent their wad on other BFCM offers, you know? Uh, so we'll run that for two weeks and then we'll pivot to like a BOGO 50 type thing, which is more uh, in line with what newer people or non-purchasers might pick up. Because they can get two instead of 10. Right. And so that's what we ran last year, but we are shifting it up in a very interesting way this year that I can go through as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just so I'm clear on how you like ran these two offers, was it everyone got that bulk offer first and then the offer switched or were you true like 50-50 split testing. Yep. Everyone got one offer first and then the other one. The second offer was one that we sort of ran in the ads because uh, no one's going to buy 10 things from an ad. Yeah. And is the bulk offer actually a better value than the BOGO? It is for sure. Because we do we do BOGO 50, which is technically 25% off and then um, do the math on the other ones a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because there's nothing that makes me crazier than when the best offer is later. It's like, right. you just converted me oh, and yeah. now you're giving me a better offer. Right. So we're very tied into customer service as well. And yeah, we've made that mistake before. Yeah. So we learn and we move on. Okay. So what's happening this year? This is a big acquisition period. We do run a lot of ads during this period and we don't want to carve out this like bulk deal as a place where like acquisition doesn't really work. So we're actually running the BOGO offer the entire month to get allow our ads to build up a lot of steam. So they're really, you know, ripping by the time actual BF comes uh, and CM comes. So we're running that offer the whole week, but we're running the bulk offer. Well, we looked at our analytics and we saw that the day that people are most likely to make a second purchase is about eight days after the first purchase. And so this is generally when people get the product and then like a day later, they're like, oh man, I could use another one of these. You know, so we're going to tap into that and we have a we're changing up our uh, customer flow. So eight days after they make the purchase, like when they receive the, the their new thing, that's when the bulk order comes in. And we're phrasing it as like, here's the you know, here's our big, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal by 10 or whatever. And so we're hoping that in this period where people have a lot of receptivity to buying another one is like this is when feels for the brand and the product are highest. It's brand new. We bring in that bulk offer with a lot of gifting messages as well. And so that offer is going to be like, if you buy in November 1st, you're going to get it November 8th. And if you buy it November 14th, you're going to get it eight days later as well. So it's this weird sort of dynamic timing. And we're hoping we can actually take advantage of both deals and maximize both deals offers at the same time, just in a, a different sort of messaging routes. So they're going to leverage the BOGO 50 and then within a like 10 day window, do the bulk offer. So you're seeing the same customer using both. Yep. 
let me like poke the bear here a little bit and or be devil's advocate or whatever saying du jour you want. Does that train the customer to always expect a discount? Our our customer expects a discount. Okay. These are these are coupon value shoppers. And if you're a brand that is consistently discounting, that's fine. Um I think that you know, I definitely see that. Unfortunately, do see a lot of like 40% off ending today, and then it doesn't ever end. And then it's ending today every two weeks. Um, So, you know, not that. But if you're a brand that is like, hey, we actually build our marketing around the fact that our customers expect discounts, and that that's something that we're comfortable with doing. Some people only want to discount during the holidays. And so you want to be careful about stocking discounts and training customers to expect that, especially when you're acquiring them over those holiday periods, that then becomes like a, it's a price expectation, it's an experience expectation. And if you're a brand that doesn't regularly discount, you do kind of have to do a little bit harder work on the back end once they've received the product to get that second purchase if it's a non-discounted second purchase. Yeah, we're training two types of customers. One is the the discount customer, um, but the other one is the one that wants the newest drop when they get it because they do sell out. The new drops are never on discount. And so if you want that, you have to get it at full price. Um, if not, you have to choose from what's left at, at a discount uh, two weeks later. Yeah, very important. Okay, any other changes to the plan for this year? I love that plan, by the way. Oh, Oh, and are you doing post-purchase or are you doing post-delivery? Uh, it will trigger eight days after purchase. Great. I think like there is an opportunity to think about, you know, a day post delivery, if you have those mechanisms to track delivery, because especially with holidays, delivery times get longer. So there's that opportunity too. And I know that like, there's plenty of ways we can do that as tracking delivery. But that aside, what else is changing this year that's different that you from learning from last year? So the last few years, we have had to just change up the offer halfway through because it, it felt like it got stale, stale in ads and stale in email as well. And so, you know, scrambling at that period of time is such a huge pain. Uh, but, you know, it, it's we do pivot and it has been successful. So now we're like pivoting in advance. Uh, and so if we're changing, we're setting up the offer to change from the acquisition offer from BOGO 50 to 25% off, which technically it's the same thing. Same thing. It just looks different. Right. Right. And so th- there are customers who are like into BOGO and there's customers that are into a different phrasing of that. And so hopefully we can capture each one, you know. I mean, different things are flashy to different people. And I definitely have seen brands that offer like, hey, even for an email opt-in, instead of 10% off, they'll say $10 off. But when you think about it, that could end up being like a very small percentage or, you know, on the the overall order, you can do $10 off. But if you, when your cart is large, that could end up being like 3% off and no one's going to opt in to 3% off. Exactly. Um, so you can do some of that like mental math for your customers. And I like just the, the fact that it's like, it's the same. It just, looks different. And the the last change we're making is that, you know, running a sale for, you know, an entire month uh, on email is, is hard to do. Like people hear that even if you change it up um, or whatever. So we're changing the tone of a lot of our emails and turning them into like content emails, not like this. You have four days left. You have three days left. You have two days. It's more like, you know, there's a lot of humor involved. We're doing this like white elephant thing with like prizes and stuff. But every email at the bottom will have a sale element. And then as we push people to 
the website, they'll have that sale messaging there as well. Um, so hopefully, uh, we'll just get people who uh, don't fatigue as quickly. And I do cringe as a marketer sending like too many sale emails like that. I don't like that in my inbox either, you know, so. Yeah, I think we, I don't know, sometimes marketers are the worst customers. So we, we definitely get a little judgy of those kinds of constant sale emails. And I also think that there is the flip side of that that is like regular people, non-marketers don't necessarily notice it as much as we do. But, you know, maybe they do. Maybe the average consumer is getting savvier to that and getting tired of the same old emails. And I think you see that in their behavior. If they stop opening your emails, if they start unsubscribing, you that's them telling you, stop giving me the same offer over and over and over again. Right. It's not working. Yeah. I have an email hot take that I'd love to get your take on. Okay, hit me. Uh, I don't know how spicy it is, but I, d- I do hear a lot of marketers who say that like open rate is like a vanity, can be a vanity metric. But in my opinion, open rate is like the most important metric in the whole operation because 95% of what gets someone to open is the relationship that you've built with that person over time. And it is not there's no like emoji that's going to get them the opener. There's no subject line that's going to that's going to do that work uh, as much as building that relationship, sh- like having a consistent amount of value when they do decide to open as well. What would you say? Yeah, I think uh, it's a, a combination of things. So we talked to Taylor from Outway last, last season and uh, he was talking about, you know, this you spend a lot of time on your subject line because it is, you know, it's the thing that makes people open. And I hear what you're saying too, though, is like, that's a piece of what makes people open. They also have to like, trust your brand, like your brand. And it's that like, no, like trust thing. And then the subject line is like, oh, yeah, it's an email from Outway. And I love them. And uh, like, that subject line's interesting. Maybe they send me three emails a week. And I, I every time I see it, I go, oh, it's Outway. But I'm not necessarily opening all of them. But the occasional su- funny subject line or like interesting pique my interest. So it is trust for sure. But I think it's a combination of things. And um, open rate is an indicator of that trust. I personally would take it one step further in the email itself and say that the absolute most important is click rates and understanding what gets the most clicks in your emails. Is it the sale offer? Is it the head to the blog? Is it everyone clicks on your social media icons at the bottom? Um, Is it that everyone's clicking your unsubscribe? Uh, Like those, the clicks inside your emails tells you, or like the lack of clicks, tells you what your customers actually think of you as a brand. What if you're like delivering like content email, like newsletters might not have a huge click through rate, but you're you're still getting value in there and people still open them. For sure. Then th- that, you know, that's where it's like, this is the email marketer answer of it depends, um, because it depends on the type of email you're sending. Newsletter content for sure. But also I would encourage newsletter content to contain links that get them onto your site. That's to me, that's like the whole reason we're emailing people is to get them to come to our site and shop with us. Whether we're doing that by providing value and giving them content and things that make them think or laugh or feel something or if it's just like hey straight up here's a sale and we think you're gonna like it those are kind of the two main reasons e-commerce brands are emailing customers and delivering content without any kind of call to action can end up backfiring and then it's like content for content sake versus content for like driving some kind of measurable outcome but yeah i think it's like open rate is a piece of it the other reason people will tell you open rates don't matter is because 
of all the iOS stuff. And, uh, you know, like there's a whole group of customers, we can't even really know if they're opening. And that's where the clicks matter, because an email can show as unopened, but clicked on, mm, right? which okay. is like in your, you know, in your ESP, you can see that. And it's, uh, it's like, how does how is that possible? Well, it's because of Apple um, and data privacy, which is so annoying to email marketers, isn't it? Oh my God, I hate privacy. I hate privacy, really. Just let me tell you everything. No, I mean, and, you know, it's important. And that's where like email is an art, not a science. And you have to test it constantly. I love that you're testing your offers this year. Open rates are a piece of the puzzle, not all of it. And so are offers. Offers are a piece of the puzzle, but not all of it, even for a brand that regularly discounts like like yours does. So yeah. Are you going to tune into the um, Murder My Inbox Bowl this year? <laughs> Absolutely. Every year, uh, my my personal inbox gets completely destroyed. So if anyone, if you're listening and you're sending me like any kind of personal email in uh, November, December, I'm sorry if I miss it entirely. Please send it again and float it back to the top of my inbox because uh my inbox is absolutely murdered on a yearly basis last year i did um i was live tweeting how many emails swim outlet would send me uh on black friday oh gosh the the over under was like 12 uh, and i think they sent about 13 so that's it's crazy extra on a day where you're like spending time with family and friends too Right. Who wants to be in their inbox? Jess, I will l- report back to you how many emails I get and from how many brands. So we can look at that ratio after BFCM. All right, let's do it. So I started off by saying you provide an immense amount of value on Twitter for everyone who's listening. I want them to go uh, get that value from you on an ongoing basis because you gave a lot here for us. And I, there's plenty more where that came from. Uh, so how can people find you? Twitter handle anywhere else that you're out there spitting knowledge and and how can people continue to learn from you? Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, hire fire team. Um, it's probably like half value, half memes, which have value in and of themselves for sure. Breaking up our monotony of our day, you know. Yeah, our website is fireteam.is. Um, people think it's hilarious. And then lastly, we are we're trying to put everything that we've learned in this biz so far into a like a cohort based school. Um, teaching is a big part of our learning, and so um, we want to teach others. And that link is in our Twitter bio as well. Amazing. Jess, thank you for schooling us today on the e-commerce marketing school. And let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for having me on, Val. All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school. And huge favor, if you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review. With Privy, anyone can be a marketer. Simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to Triple Whale. E-commerce marketing school is now part of the Triple Whale podcast network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.